But Jesus, we will see your face with an unveiled face. As Jesus, you make yourself known to your people and love you and adore you. And Father, I just ask you now to take away any logical thought that we have. But Father, that we don't try and logic, logically think about you. But Lord, that we want to be like John. Lord, when he was in the, in the, in the spirit on the Lord's day. Father, I pray now, as we need it now, more than we've ever needed it before, in our lives, we need to hear from you. We need to see you. And Father, for every person in this room, and for every person hearing my voice, we can see you, Jesus, face to face. And Father, put that expectation in us. Father, I pray by your grace, remove every obstacle in our minds, in our bodies, or in the spirit. Just remove them. Because Jesus, we want to be a body of people that we speak out of a revelation of who you are. And Lord, how can we speak from you unless we have that revelation? How can we speak about your glory, Lord? unless we've seen you in the glory. Lord, how can we know about your love unless we have felt your love from heaven? Lord, how can we tell people about your righteousness and the blood if we haven't seen the cross? Jesus, I pray that this becomes real to us as a body of people. And I pray, Lord, as this book of Daniel is becoming alive to us, over these past few weeks. Lord, I pray, let them become even more alive to us over these next few weeks. Lord, and I pray for a prophetic heart and a prophetic mind and a prophetic spirit in this place. I pray, Lord, that we hear your words and that we can have that discernment and look into the times and the seasons that we're in. Lord, I pray that we're not reading about other people's prophetic words, but Lord, your spirit will be speaking prophetically to us. And Lord, as a body that we'll come together. And I thank you, Lord, that we've come this far. I thank you, Lord, and it encourages me that we've come this far. Lord, and I pray now, just teach us to take our hands off so that you can put your hands on our lives. And Jesus, I pray that we just now just hand over all of our limitations to you. Just as Daniel did. When he'd reached the end and he stared death in the face, he handed it over to the Most High God. And his opinion of you was that you were the Most High God that would save him. So I pray tonight, Lord, let us glean from these words in the Spirit. And let these words, Lord, that I say come from the very Spirit of Daniel. Holy Spirit, I ask you now to inspire, to inspire us, to love you more, to know you more, to walk with you as a bride as we've come out of your side. 
And Lord, we want to walk as the new Adam that will restore all things on this earth. In Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. 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 I'm getting more and more excited as we go into Daniel more and more. And I just find that uh, the more I'm looking at it, the more revelation I seem to get and, and the more of, 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 of what listening to what other people are saying. You know, and, and you know, there was nothing wrong in finding somebody or some people that we really love and just gleaning from them. Like Neville, you know, and when he talks about the end times and you know, what we're going to be expecting and what's coming on. I, I believe Neville is a true prophet of God. I believe that he's got an apostolic total anointing. I think he's one of the only, few only people that we know, we know of that are truly apostolic. And I believe that we're about to see a true apostolic movement in this day, in this time. You know, and I've heard, you know, over this week, you know, stuff, you know, from people I really like and people that I really admire, you know, people that I, you know, listen to every now and again or, or read what they're saying, not just to see what's out there and how sometimes our opinions or our estimate of, of what the Bible is saying are coming from two totally different angles, two totally different angles. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we, there's, there's got to be somebody that's going to be wrong in this. And as I keep saying, you know, I just pray, Lord, you know, I don't want my opinion. You know, I want the Lord's opinion in this. I want, I want the Lord to, to show me. And that's my, be my prayer. Lord, show me. And the more that I've gone into Daniel, the more I believe that the Lord is giving us revelation. So, we're in chapter 6, and we're going to finish the whole of chapter 6. I've got to be honest with you. I love the first six chapters of Daniel. I've got so much from it, personally. And... Uh, it really encouraged me when we had some people come on Sunday, you know, a couple that, we, that come to our conferences, and, and, and they, they took me to one side, they said, please, keep going on, Daniel. We love it. You know, which encourages me. You know, it just means, you know, there's not just us here, and thank God there's just us here, but, you know, that, that are gleaning from this and getting something from this. But, but it's, it's out there as well. You know, it's helping people out there. And I believe that God is raising up some Daniels. I do truly believe that. I believe that we're about to get into real deep dreams. I, I've been dreaming like there's, you know, some really God dreams, you know, that's unrestricted. I haven't had a demonic warfare dream for a long time now, well, for, for a while, a few weeks. Thank God. You know, and, uh, you know, because God is speaking to his people. And I'll tell you one thing. It's about to move on the, on the British Isles and Ireland. God is about to move on us. He has. But just, I mean, he started. But, you know, we're sitting here and we're thinking, well, where is it? Where's the big crowds? Well, hang on a sec. He's getting us ready. It's not about that. He's getting us ready. You know, and if we remain like this until the Lord comes back, we're going to be ready. And so I've been chomping at the pits to get to Daniel 7, if I'm honest. I've been really, because, you know, I, I, I'm into that stuff. You know, the, as I said, the first one, uh, chapter one to chapter six is more of a historical 
you know, background on Daniel, you know, Nebuchadnezzar and, and all of that, but the implications to us today in the 21st century. So, so there's all this going on. But also, you know, chapter 7 to chapter 12, you know, is all about the end times that we're in. Totally. Totally. And the more I'm going into it, the more I'm going, oh, wow, we're really, really into it. Really into it. When you look at Jeremiah 25, 29, and 30, when you look at Isaiah 54, when you're looking, you know, all the way through Ezekiel, what he said in Ezekiel 38, you know, you can see it, that we're in the end times. Not just the end times, we're in the end day. I totally, I'll be gobsmacked if this doesn't finish within the next 10 years. I'll be absolutely, you know, Lord, you know, no, don't take me home then. I was going to say take me home, but no, you know, because you know, I want to live, you know, until the Lord comes back. But I believe, I believe that we, everyone sat in this room, I hope and believe that we will see the Lord. We will see the Lord's return. But we've got to go through a long things, you know. And I want to say that we're going to face some things. And I think we can glean from Daniel. And I love what Daniel, the last thing that I said it when we're looking at the final part of chapter 6 as I finished up last week, it says, Daniel did three things. He set his character above everything else. And that's what we've done here. We've, we've set store in the character of men and women, more than their abilities. You can be the best singer in the world. You can be the best musician in the world. You can be the best preacher. But if you haven't got the character, it means nothing. As Paul quite rightly said, you know, that will just be a clanging symbol. You know, and, and I believe that we're developing character before we're developing the gifts. I mean, I've heard Neville say on, on numerous occasions um, that in the 70s, they, in the 80s, they, they were getting these incredibly gifted men coming in and they would arrive off the plane drunk and they would put them on the plane drunk because, and yet they were gifted, they moved in the spirit, they were healing people in amazing ways. And we're seeing it again, you know, we're seeing, you know, people that have got an amazing anointing, but their characters, quite frankly, suck. Don't match up to the anointing. And you know what? God's going to do away with that. God's totally going to do away with that. He's looking for people. You know, it doesn't matter what you think of yourself. If you're thinking, oh Lord, I'll never, ever, ever get there. You'll be right. You'll never get there. You need him. You need him to get there. And that's part of what I'm looking at tonight, is that Daniel got to the end of the rope. There was nothing they could do, and he had to hand it all over to God. Number two, he chose discipline over disorder. With all of the stuff that was going on around him for 70-odd for years, that's what we forget. He was in this for 70-plus years. There was such disorder, such war, such all of this. And Daniel went for discipline. He prayed. He had a prayer life like I, ne I haven't seen in the Bible as much as what Daniel did. In all of that, even that, you know, now we're looking at, he tore open the windows. He, looked, he, he allowed everybody to see that he was praying. Why? Because he knew that the 70 years was coming to an end that Jeremiah prophesied about. That they would go into captivity for 70 years. And I believe Daniel had ticked off each year counting down. And can you imagine when he gets to the 70th year, he knows it's about to start. In the same way, folks, 
I believe that we're in our 70th year and the Lord is returning. That's what I believe. I don't mean a literal 70 years. I mean a prophetic 70 years if we're to glean from this. That, that we're at the, that 70th year and we are going to have an apostolic movement like you have never, ever seen. Because what are we going to build upon? The foundation of Jesus. We're going to establish walls and a building for him. And do you know where he's going to start? Your building. He's going to start in you. And he's going to start in me. Thank God for that. And I'm just going to, I, I promise you, by the end of tonight, you're going to go, I don't need to strive anymore. I'm handing it over. I'm handing it over. Number three, he excelled because he chose love over life. And that's what we're doing. We're choosing to love him over our own lives. Lord, I love you. I may not understand everything, but I'm going to carry on loving you in spite of not understanding everyone or everything. So how many times do you know, it doesn't matter how old you get, you're going to get tested. And do you know what? The testing never stops. The trials never stop. And, you know, sometimes these testings and these trials can be really painful. If we're just... If we're to be absolutely honest, how many of us in this room have been tested and have gone through trials in this last year? Look at that. I'd say, I would say, no hand up, Andy? Andy, if you haven't, if you haven't been through a trial or a testing, I need to talk to you. But 99% of the people in this room have put their hands up. We've all gone through a testing apart from Andy. He's got the secret. He's obviously got the anointing. We're just going to have to rub up alongside him and get, give, us that, get, give us that anointing. That will be a test. That will be a trial. And do you know what? Sometimes these trials and these tests come out of nowhere. I remember just a few weeks ago, Heidi and I went through the biggest trial and probably one of the biggest tests that we've ever been through in our married lives. And it came out of nowhere. It didn't come out of sin. We weren't in sin or doing anything wrong. It just hit us. And this, this cloud, not of depression, that's different, but this brass ceiling over us that nothing seemed to work, nothing seemed to get through. And it wasn't like we knew that we know that God loved us and we loved him and we were pressing in and pressing in. But, oh, my word, this came out of, out of, out of nowhere until Neville rings us up. He says, I've been praying for you. And God has shown me this. And, and, and then you, you go, oh, Jesus, you know about it. <laughs> and you know what? We're so almost surprised that Jesus knows about it. Why? Because all he's doing is stretching our tent. How much are you going to give this to me? You've gone to the end of what you're going through. And the devil's coming for you. Why? Because he's just anointed you. He's, he's given you promotion. And what we're going to look at every time Daniel gets promotion, he gets hit. And you know, sometimes just like that example, you know, Heidi and I have done nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. In the same way that you might have not done anything wrong and you will still go through trials and tests. But I believe we're moving into a day and I don't want to frighten anybody. It's not about frightening. I'll, we need to be looking to Jesus. We need to be having a reliance upon Jesus like never before. We cannot be reliant upon man. We've got to be reliant upon Jesus. 
In 1 Peter 4, verses 12, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, (coughs) which is to try you, as though some strange things have happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. And then we look at 1 Peter 1, verse 7. That the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, to honour, and to glorify at the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's what our testing is. This is why we go through testings. This is why we go through it. Why? So we can give glory to him. We can, we can just hand it over and say, Jesus, you took care of us. You fought the fight. You did all this. You did all that. And I give you the glory. You carried me this far. Because, Lord, I couldn't walk. You know that's that beautiful poem, Footsteps in the Sand? That beautiful poem, you know, which, which uh, just explains about Jesus walking with us and there's two sets and, and suddenly you look behind and there's only one set. And you're saying, Jesus, what about that? He says, this is when I carried you. Do you know what? We try to walk along and we try to stumble along and try and do it in our strength. When all Jesus just says to us, and it's not a weakness, it's a strength. When we say, Jesus, will you carry me? I can't do any more. I've gone as far as I possibly can and I'm handing it over to you. Can I suggest this to you? If you've done nothing wrong, and you're going through a trial, and you're going through a fiery pit, and you're going through hell, walk it with Jesus and let him carry you through it. Just hand it over to him. Hand it over to him. Just saying, Jesus, do you know what? I can't do it anymore. I'm handing it over to you. And go, well, that's done. I can just enjoy life now. Because why? You're giving God the second blessing he'll bless you once the devil will come along and try and try and steal that blessing but when you keep going all right lord i'm giving this to you he'll bless you twice it's a double blessing and daniel here gives giving praise he's giving honor and he's giving glory to the living lord jesus and what amazes me that daniel didn't know about jesus he hadn't got the new testament He'd got the first five books of the Bible. That was it. And he had a few of the prophets' writings. But he didn't know Jesus. Not like us. So how much more can we have through the cross and through the blood of Jesus? My giddy aunt, I'm telling you, if Christians, us, if we could wake up to this and know who we are because of the cross... Can I give you a suggestion? I really feel this is a prophetic word. Stop striving. Stop trying to be religious. Have relationship with the living Lord. That's it. We strive. We try and please him. He's already pleased with us. He's already pleased with us. If we've confessed our sins, guess what? He is faithful and just and he will purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Start the morning of saying, Lord, forgive me. 
forgive me for all my dirt and all the things I've done wrong, and watch what happens. As soon as you've done that, as soon as you, doesn't matter when you've done it, there are sometimes, you know, every, I'll say this on a, on a weekly basis, there isn't a week that goes by when I go, oh, Lord, I wish I hadn't done that. Lord, forgive me. Boom. Guess what? It is forgiven. It's cast into that, that pit of sin, never to be brought up again. Because every time that happens, he puts Jesus in that weighing scale. And he says, not guilty. And you're going to show, you're going to, you're going to see how these lions that we're going to face, when we put Jesus in the middle of it, this lion cannot eat us or touch us. So Daniel was, uh, was about 88, 85 years old. He was target, targeted, but he wouldn't compromise. And he, he just wanted to worship God. He wanted to pray to him. He wanted God to be at the front of his, his whole life. And yet here he is facing his biggest test. When they'd set a trap for him, they got him. They got him. And, and Darius had signed a decree when these guys, oh, Darius, live forever. They flattered him, you know. And Darius writes a decree that not even the laws of the, Pe- the Medes and the Persians could change. Not even Darius, as we saw, could change these laws. Because it was there, it was written in stone. That's where the, the, the saying comes from. It was written in stone. It cannot be changed. And so here he is, Darius, about to throw, I believe, his friend that he loved and had grown to love and admired. And he was about to throw him into the lion's den. And he says this, And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords, and that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Listen, we need to know three things because we are going to be facing tests today. We are going to be facing tests in these next few years. And we can't miss this. Number one, often God's tests are designed to confront us with our own limitations. I repeat that. Often God's tests are here and designed to confront us with our own limitations. And I'll explain. We cannot handle everything the world throws at us. We can't handle it. We can't handle the sin that's in this world. We can't handle it. But when things come against us from this world, which is out of the blue, unexplainable, whatever it is, guess what? We cannot handle it. I can't handle trying and striving to be that better husband. All I've got to have is more of Jesus in me that increases that love, increases that capacity to love my wife more. And I'll tell you, that has been true in my life more than anything else, is God has increased my love so that I can love more because of my past. Yeah, and, and, and when my, my first experience with the Lord, where I met him face to face, he gave me a piece of fruit. And that piece of fruit took me four years to understand. He well, gave me half a piece of fruit. I keep reminding the Lord upon that, so I've got to go back up there and eat the other half. And it suddenly realized, struck me four years later, what that piece of fruit represents. What is Jesus known as? The tree of life. 
And therefore, he was giving me more capacity to love because I was eating more of him. Does that make sense? So I believe that God is going to help us when we just say, God, you know what? This world's throwing all this stuff at me. I can't handle it. You can't. Give it to the Lord. Physically, spiritually, give it to the Lord. We need his help. Just like Daniel. Daniel knew that this law could not be changed. And he couldn't do a thing about you about it. Daniel 6, verse 17. Then the stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den. said that the king sealed it. And this was law. It could not be changed. It was in stone. It was sealed with a royal seal. And no one could rescue Daniel. No way out. And this story is also about Darius as well as being about Daniel. Because I think we can glean that Darius was amazed. But he loved Daniel. He really loved Daniel. And these two guys had an incredible relationship. Just look at verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. And also his sleep went from him. He was so concerned about his friend. Did I believe that Darius, probably through that night, how many people have been in, in a bed that they have not been able to sleep? And you rock to and fro. doesn't matter what happens, you cannot. Even though you have probably, you are dog tired, but your eyes are going ding. You know, like that, and you're just wide awake. You know, and I believe that Darius was in the, that point where he was wide awake, and he had a few demons. He had a few devils because of the environment that he was in come and whisper in his ear. But you know, I believe that, that Darius fasted and prayed to the Most High God that to save his friend. And I, you know, just like Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar, this is, you know, incredible similar relationship. You know, and do you know what? There might not be people out there that know Jesus, but they know you. They know you. And you can be a shining example, like, like Daniel was to Darius, a shining example. So when they look at you, they're not going to look at you and see Michelle or Corin or Norman or Patrick or Heidi or me. They're going to see Jesus. And that's what we have to go for. That's what we have to say, Lord, here we are. We're undone. <laughs> we, can't do, we can't go any further than this. Lord, we just love you with all our hearts. Here's my heart. I give it to you. I just give it to you. And I believe that that will have more and speak to more people. Because they won't read the Bible. They haven't known the Bible. But it will speak more to them by who you are and what you represent and how you give the glory to Jesus. How much you reflect this to God. How much you give everything about it to the Lord. So it says, So the king gave the command, they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. What do words produce? Life or death. And here is Darius with the words of his mouth saying, your most high God, whom you serve continually, 
will save you. It's a prophetic utterance. You know, we have got to start declaring this. We've got to start talking this out, getting it out there that God is going to land on us like never before. But it's going to land on us, not so that we can boast, but we can give the glory to him. Where we can actually say, do you know what, God? I went as far as I could. I cannot do any more. Heidi and I, as bushfire, we cannot do any more than what we're doing. Full stop. We hand it over to him. And this is when we've had Michelle and Corin at leaders' meetings talking about and praying about stuff. You know, do you know, we're just going to hand it over to him. We just hand it over. We hand over the building. Lord, if we're building your kingdom, guess what? The next building is going to be yours. You're going to provide the money for it. Lord, I, I'm, I'm stopped. I'm stopping praying about it. I, you know, I'm not, you know, pray, I'm continually praying. But I'm stopping trying to strive and earn that money through, through I'm just saying, Lord, you're going to provide it. And if we're building your kingdom, we'll know about it. If we're not, we'll know about it. Simple as that. You know, until God gives us a, an answer to this, I'm just handed it over to him. Maybe he doesn't want us to have these buildings. Remember the story I told you about the pastor that was claiming and naming a house that he wanted. And for, for, for two years, he passed it saying, I claim that house, that's mine. And God says to him, well, I'll give it to you, but it will cost you your son's life. It might, might not be God's will, perfect will for us to have those buildings down the road. There might be another building that God's already got, you know, his eyes on. It's already there and all we've got to say is, Lord, do it. We don't know what's happening down the road, but my trust is in him. He is my vanishing point. He knows my past, my present, and he knows my future. In him will I trust. I choose to trust him above anything else. I'm not going to trust by what I walk in, what I see. I'm going to trust in the Most High God that he has got it all in control. He has got the plan for bushfire. He has got everything for us. But I'm telling you, it's coming. It is coming on bushfire. And I don't care if that seems arrogant to people, but God is about to land on us in ways that we cannot even express or see, or even imagine. We're going to see literally crippled people being wheeled in. And just like Bob's wheelchairs in the back there, people are going to have no use for these wheelchairs. And we're going to have to call the scrap people. Come and collect the wheelchairs. We've got far too many. Just you know, Go and take them to the scrap, because that's all they're going to be worth. Because people aren't going to need them anymore. Can you imagine when you just pray for a line of people, and you just say, in Jesus' name, be healed. And they're all healed. That is coming. That is the mandate for the church. Because it was Jesus' mandate. How did he announce his arrival? By healing the sick. Casting out demons. Raising the dead. Cleansing the lepers. That's how he announced it. And that's what God's going to do again. But just, just guess what? Even the greater works that we will do. Even greater things, Jesus says, you will do. So Jesus was doing it. Guess what? We're going to do it. Not that we can boast, but we can give the glory to Jesus. We can give the glory to God. We can say, God, I can't even heal a headache. But you did it. You did it. 
You did it. You set these feet that haven't walked all of their lives. And Lord, you gave them strength. And I give you the glory for that. I give you the anointing. I give everything to you, Jesus, for that. And when he has a body of people like that, guess what? The world is our oyster. Because we're just giving it back to him. What he deserves. Number two, Daniel's story is a story about his rescue. And without God, he could do nothing. See, sometimes when we're totally out of control, when things, we haven't got any control in what's happening around us, we have to give it to Jesus. But I love this. I love this. This is Jesus saying in John 15, verse 4. It says, abide in me, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You can't earn this. You can fast for 40 days and it will do nothing for you. But if you remain on that vine and you're producing fruit and you're getting all of your nutrients, all of your your things from that very tree, you're going to bear much fruit because you're abiding in him and he is abiding in you. And John John 15 verse 6 And if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they will gather them and throw them to the fire. And they are burnt. You see, sometimes we as Christians, we detach ourselves from that tree. And if we detach ourselves from that tree, we can bear no fruit. That's true. We can, do you know, we can do it in our strength. There's an incredible anointing on some people, you know, to, to do this and they can do it and it can look good on the outside but if you're not abiding in the Lord it means nothing I just want, you know if I'm bearing a bunch of grapes I'm happy with that I'm happy with that because I'm, I'm abiding in him and he's abiding in me and I'm doing whatever I can and it's everything up to him I will produce much fruit and so will you and this was the incredible thing about Daniel He never got off the tree. He never got off that tree. As I keep saying, he chose discipline over disorder and remained on that tree. And we all know that if we're off a tree, we can't grow fruit. And and if we do that, we detach ourselves from Jesus. We don't put Jesus first in our lives. We don't love him with all of our hearts. You know, in spite of yourselves, we've just got to love him. We've just got to love him and love him and love him and love him and love him. And guess what? You'll produce much fruit. I promise you, do this. You can try doing it for 15 minutes a day. Just close off the door. Don't come with any shopping list. Don't come with any prayer. And just sit there and just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, do you know what? I really, really love you. And then within a minute, you'll be going, oh my God, I love you. Oh Jesus, I love you. 
And in five minutes, you'll be into something else. You'll be into a place that only the spirit realm. You'll be into something that you, if you just love him, 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 just love him. That's what it's about. And some of us need to get back on the fruit, on, the, on that tree to produce fruit. Because when we love him, we can say these things, Jesus, you are our Jehovah Nissi. You are our banner. You are the person that will fight our battles. You are the one that we're just handing all of our battles over because you are a Jehovah Nissi. That's my opinion of Jesus because I love you. And you love me, Jesus, so you will fight my battle. You will do all of it. And also, Jehovah, you are my Jehovah Raha the Lord my shepherd, and he cares for you and he won't let anything happen to you because that's your opinion of him. He will fight your battles. He will care for you. He will make sure the devil won't go too far or too close to you. He looks after us because that is my opinion. That is my estimate of who God is. And I will not stop preaching this. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, he is my healer. He is my healer. And it doesn't matter what you have. If you've got cancer, or if you've got this, or you've got that, guess what? He is your healer. That's when you, he will give you the, the, the strength and the power will come upon you and every cancer cell will get off you because your estimate is, he is my healer. Oh, come on, folks. I know you're there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. No matter where you go, he is there. He is before you, he's behind you, he's on the side of you. Nothing can happen to you. You can walk into the darkest room and his light will be on you. We can go into the darkest parts of this world and he is there with us. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. If we as Christians, as we as a body of people, get hold of this, this very fact of what our opinion, what our estimate that we have of them, God, of the Most High. The Most High God. There is nothing in this world that can touch you. And when the trials come to you, guess what? You get a double blessing because you give him the glory. Lord, I'm going through these trials. Yippee! Because I know the devil can't touch me. Yippee! Because you're my banner. You're my shepherd. You're the God of righteousness. I'm not even going to try and get that. Something. You know, and, and the other one, the Lord who sanctifies you. The Lord, the Jehovah Jireh who provides for you. Listen, it has not been easy for me and Heidi. Since last September of when I had my last paycheck, it hasn't been easy. But I thank God. I say, Lord, you know it hasn't been easy. But you're giving me a test through this, but I know you provide it. In fact, Lord, you provide it above and beyond. You've given to us more than enough because that's my estimate of you. We catch hold of this. Oh, my giddy aunt. We'll get more. We'll get more. We'll get more because we're giving him more of the glory. Do you know, without Jesus, Hardy and I would have gone under a long time ago. Without God and without him, our Jehovah Jireh, Coram would have lost her house. But guess what? It might have been a struggle, and it might have been battles, and it might have, we might have gone through trials, but Jehovah Jireh is still my provider. 
Jehovah Rapha is still my healer. Jehovah Nissi, he is everything. That's my opinion. So when we are going through trials, give the glory to Jesus. Because that's what he wants. What the devil wants is for you to slam Jesus. He wants you to say, oh, Jesus can't be for me. There's, there's all these weapons against me and they're prospering. No. Because Jehovah is our banner, no weapon formed against you can prosper. That you, that he that's in the world, is what? Finish it. He that's in the world. He said, that's right, greater in the world. That's it. That's right. That's the one. That's the one. But this is it. This is it. We either believe it or we don't. We either stand on these or we don't. There is no middle ground. You stand in middle ground, guess what? Your legs will split. You'll topple. You will fall down. But when you start giving him all the glory and all the honor, it doesn't matter what lion's den you go into, guess what? He will shut those lions up. He will shut the devil up. Because he's, we've got the cross. For crying out loud, we have got the cross. We've got the blood of Jesus that's higher than the sacrifice of, of goats and bulls. We've got the blood of the Most High God. And He is the one that saves. He is the one that sanctifies. He is the one who is right. He is the one who has set us apart for a time such as this. This is what it's about. When we have the blood of Jesus, when Daniel didn't, we've got everything. We've got everything. Things are going to change. Things are going to change in bushfire. Why? Because we're giving him the glory. We're giving him the glory. We're about to face the lion's den. And guess what? Then we'll face our limitations. We will not be able to cope with it. Just like Daniel. He could not cope with it. And we're going to need God to get us out of it. We're going to need God. We need God every month to get us out of, out of whatever we're going through. We need him every day. We need him every second. Lord, do you know what? I haven't got the answers for my son when he misbehaves. But you have. He came to me the other day and he said out of the blue, Daddy, I had, a, I had an experience in heaven. Now, I'd never told him about the, 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 the streets paved in gold. And if you, you know, if you have gold refined by the fire to its, its, its zillion thing, guess what? It becomes clear as crystal. It becomes clear as crystal. And he said, Daddy, I went into heaven and all was, everything was so bright. And he said, the, 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 the pay, <coughs> excuse me, the roads and the paths, that's right, he said the paths, they, they, was, they were clear. They were clear. And, and I saw gold, and, and I saw this. And I, I said, did you see Jesus? He said, no. I said, well, you will. But he's telling me all what he saw. He's telling me what he's, what he, because why? Because even though we haven't got all the answers, we can give to him what we've got. We've got our five loaves and two fishes. So we're giving it to him. We're raising his expectation. I'm saying, Jesus, come and visit my boy. Come and you know, pray over your children. Pray over them. Michelle, pray over. You can't do it. Give it to Jesus. Jesus will take care of it. They, you know, when you go into the spirit, you're out of control. It's God's responsibility to look after you when you're in the spirit. You are out of control. Totally out of control. He will look after you. You know, and we must be able to say, I surrender God and only you can get me out of this. 
And if we can only take our hands off our lives and allow God to put his hands on. And we need to do this daily. And do you know what he will do? He will deliver us from us. That's what the, that's what the church needs to know, is God will start delivering us from us. You might get that tomorrow. You might get it tonight. But he will deliver us from us when we hand it all over to him. When we say, there we go, Jesus. I can't cope. I'm handing it to you. I will sleep as sound as a baby tonight because I've handed everything to him. I've handed the ministry to him. I've handed everything tonight in worship. Did anyone feel that, that, that thing just well up in the worship of God, just Jesus being here? where we were just like worshipping and I hold my hands up high and we adore you, we love you. you know, and, and when you get into that atmosphere, you can't stop telling Jesus how much you love him. You know, Angela, you know, I just you know, love you, Jesus, love you. It's great having people like Angela up, up there where, where she's expressing. She's not, it's not a performance. She's just expressing in the only way that she knows how to love the Lord more. Don't be so shy. It's great. So we want more of it. Ephesians 2, verses 7 and 9, it says, and in the ages to come, guess what, folks? We are in that age. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. We've got Jesus. We've got everything. If we remain in him and he remains in us, guess what? We will bear much fruit and give the glory to Jesus. Give it to... for. By grace, you've been saved through faith, not because of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. Stop working for it. Just take it on. Lord, I have been set free because by your grace, you've given it to me. You've made me righteous. I haven't made you righteous. There's nothing I can do because I'm not going to boast in it. I'm going to boast in him for everything that he has done in my life. And do you know what? That word saved through faith. And by grace you have been saved by faith. Saved is that word sozo, which is our past, our present, and our future. Body, mind, and spirit. And Jesus is our lifeline. He is our saviour. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. We are, and from all of the ways of Satan, Jesus will deliver us. He will have his hand on us when we hand it over to him. We've got to, we've got to start handing over these things to him. And, when he, and, and allow him to take our lives and take control of our lives when we say, Lord, we're out of control. Will you be in control? Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. That shows me something. There was something special about their relationship. I can't, I love, you know, I love having men as friends. I love it. I think, you know, when, when, you, when you've been in battle with them and you've been on the front line, and you've been doing stuff with them, it brings you so close together. It's like that, that true saying is a band of brothers. It's a true band of brothers. Yeah, and I want to develop that amongst the men in this place. We're a band of brothers, as well as the women. We're, we're a band. We're a band of warriors. 
And we will fight this fight together. We will go through it together. It doesn't matter what's happening. And then the king rose early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? I think this is incredible. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. It's not like, yippee, I'm still alive. (laughs) I'm still here. King of the most high. He says, king, O king, live forever. My God, his angel, has shut the mouths of lions so they could not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. We've got the scales. We've got Jehovah righteousness. We're found not guilty. We have, we've got that, 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 that incredible court scene where the devil walk, walks in, he starts slamming before the, before the throne of God and, and, and all the rest, slamming us. So, gee, they've done this, they've done that, they've done that, they've done this. And the Lord just goes, the God goes, and Jesus walks into the room and he says, my scales have found them not guilty. Depart. Depart. And that's what's happened here. Daniel was found not guilty before the Lord and the king. So how much more are we not guilty because of the blood and the cross of Jesus that dripped and was shed for you and me? How much more guilty, not guilty can we be? We've got the Lord Jesus that has shed his blood so that we can be found not guilty. And I love that one. In that Hebrew, I looked at that word, when God has sent his angel to shut up the mouths. That word, an angel, means in Hebrew, bright, shining one. And I've got the belief that that bright and shining one was the Lord Jesus himself that walked into the den with Daniel. You can imagine, you can imagine Jesus' smile on his face. He doesn't know what's about to happen. I do. The stones roll behind and those, and those lions were coming full pelt. And Jesus goes, sit. Slam. Hungry lions, slam. Tails there, looking at the face of Jesus. Oh my word. Oh, Jesus, you are beautiful. And then you could hear the lions purring. Then you can hear the lions rubbing themselves up against Jesus. And then rubbing themselves up against Daniel for the whole night. I would have loved to have heard the conversation between Daniel and Jesus in the lion's den. And I believe that those little lions would snuggle up and become the pillow to Daniel and Jesus. And they probably, those lions probably had the best night's sleep that they have ever, ever had. And I'll tell you, their bellies were full because they were fed from manna from heaven. This is a prophetic picture of us that we can go into the problems of things and the very problem that you go to bed with can be your very pillow when you hand it over to Jesus. Does that make sense to you? 
We can just hand it out to Jesus and we can sleep on it. Problem over. I've given it over to Jesus. He will shut the mouths of those lions. He will do whatever he wants to do. And do you know what? In that verse 21, what staggered me, Daniel, when he's replying to Darius, is still in the lion's den. He's still got the lions around him. The stone hasn't been rolled away. He's still in the lion's den. And he's saying those words to Darius. That is incredible. See, when we see Jesus, you will realize that you're in the best hands. My experience of when I've had encounters with the Lord, some of you have heard it time and time again, but it's real. It's as real to me as it was when it first happened to me. When you stand before Jesus and you see his awesomeness and his power and his glory and everything else, and I probably only glimpsed a micro speck of his glory because if I'd seen any more of it, I would have died. I stood before him and thought I was going to die on three occasions. Thought I was going to die. But when you realize who he is and when it says that he can hold the world in the palm of his hands, you realize that he can hold this world in the palm of his hands. And how much more precious are you to him? Because he paid the price for you. Do you think he's going to go, no, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, do you know what, how much I love you? Do you really know how much I love you? Do you, you know, he will stand there for an hour and tell us how much he loves us, how much he cares because he paid such a high price for us. He loves you. That is not an easy thing when we say that we are the object of God's love because we are the object of God's love. So stop striving. Just love. Just love him with all of your heart. Stop trying to be good. Stop trying to be religious. Stop trying to bargain with God. If I do this, then you'll do this. Yes, there are occasions where we have to put a fleece over to show God, actually God, you know what? I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this. I'm really serious, God. But I know that's just a small offering to you. But I know that you're going to turn up because you're my Jehovah Jireh. That's my provider. See, Jesus will turn our problems into our pillows and give us rest. And I love that whole picture. Uh, there's, a, there's a picture somewhere painted where the mouths of the lions were shut up in an instant. Where Jesus just went, sit. Lie down. So I used to say to the boys, lie down. Shoom, they just go down. That voice just, tum, authority. Romans 8, verse 19, for the expectation, the earnest expectation of the creation, eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. We're the sons of God. I'm a bride, you're a son. Girls, verse 23, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that she take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found in him because he believed in his God. Do you understand this? When you totally hand it over to him, you'll come unscathed through all of this. So Daniel was taken up the down. No injury was found on him because he believed in his God. Hebrews 11.33 says this, who walks through faith 
subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Hebrews is talking about Daniel. That Daniel, through faith, subdued all the kingdoms. He worked from righteousness, he obtained the promises, and he stopped the mouths of, of lions. This is Jesus over the life of Daniel. He's talking about Daniel. Listen, folks. Be sober. It's 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing. Faith in what? Faith in him. What's your opinion of him? If your opinion and your faith in him is higher and more, then guess what? The lion can't come in. We've shut that door, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by our brothers in, in, in the world. Do you know, I lived in Africa. Only mature lions roar. Fully matured lions roar. And what they're doing is they are roaring to announce to the jungle that they're the king. They're announcing, listen, you come on my turf, you've got problems. And one of the things that we did with Joshua was we said, we said uh, just in, in conversation, well, who's, who's got the loudest noise in decibels? So... I turned around and I said, well, actually, it's the blue. Joshua said, is it the blue whale? Is it the, uh, the lion? Or is it the elephant? And I said, well, actually, I think probably it's the elephant. Wrong. <laughs> Found out. Heidi got it from the internet. That, uh, decibels, that the elephant has 141. 114, sorry. The lion has 141. Sorry, 112. There you go. I've got it wrong. And the blue whale has, I got them all wrong. <laughs> so the blue whale makes the biggest sound. But the lion is actually the smallest sound out of this. And another thing you need to know about lions as they mature and they get older, guess what? Just like us, their teeth drop out. Just like us, yeah, they're, they're, they're announcing, don't come on this turf. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm big and mean. I'm, I'm really tough. You come on here, I'm going to give you a battering. But I might just gum you to death. <laughs> you know, and the same way, that's what the devil's doing to us. He's trying to gum us to death. Because he's lost his teeth. Where has he lost his teeth? When Jesus went to the cross. That's when the devil lost his teeth. And he's still roaring. He's still prancing around, looking to gum us to death. It's true. But when we say to this lion, hey, look at what my Jesus has done for me. Do you know what? He found me in a pit that you had complete control over me. You did all this, but look what he did for me. Devil, look what he did for me. Look what he did for me. Every time you say, look what he did for me, doom, another tooth comes out. Look what he did for me. Doom, another tooth. Look, another tooth. Another tooth. Another tooth. Another tooth. Then we've got, I'm a lion. I'm a lion. So I'm telling you, this is what it is. When you present the cross to the devil, you disarm him. You totally disarm him. Rip his teeth out. And that's when other younger male lions come on the turf and they realize that this devil, this, this, devil, this lion has got no teeth, no bite. Do you know what? I'm going to take over his pride. And that's when they do it. The devil has had his time. He was disarmed. He was made gumless, toothless, whatever it is, by the cross. 
He was made toothless by the cross, not gunless. But, so folks, show the devil the cross. Look what my Jesus has done for me. He set me free. I'm his. 1 John 5, 4. 1 John 5, verse 4. And whatever is born of God overcomes this world. Folks, we're overcomers because of the cross. Because that Jesus first overcame. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. If you've got faith in God, you've overcome this world. Simple. My question is this. Do you have faith in God? And if you've got faith in him, you can't even, you can't, you can't even name, say the beautiful name of Jesus without faith. Do you realize that? I love the name of Jesus. Listen to He for who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, guess what? We overcome this world. And it won't be without its battle. It won't be without this battle. And do you know what God wants to say to us tonight? Know me better and trust me more. Know me better and trust me more. What's your opinion of him? What's your estimate of this most high God? What is, he's interested in what your opinion is. He's interested in what your estimate of him is. And our estimate, I'm sorry to say this, but in a lot of churches, is so small. So small. Because most of the church are living by law instead of living through the cross and the blood. We're still striving. Take your hands off and allow God to put his hands on. Know him better and trust him more. And that's the secret to help us face these lions that we will face. You're going to be t- taken to your very limit in a lot of places. Just give it to him. Give it to him. Take your hands off your life. Don't ever try and pray your will unto God. Let your will be done in my life, Lord. Let your will be done. Take your hands off it. See what God does. Live for him. Know him. Be disciplined. Pray. Absolutely search your heart. Do whatever you've got to do. Just love him. Love him and love him more. And when you've done that, go on loving him and loving him more. And you'll have more of his glory. And Daniel knew God better because he had cultivated this relationship and developed it. Throughout these 70 plus years, he prayed, he read the word, he spent time waiting on the Lord. You know, and I just love that because this, this is what God will do. And then the king gave the command and he brought those men who had accused Daniel. We've got accusers in this world, but when we give it to the king of kings, this is what will happen. And they cast them into the lion's den. Them and their children and their wives and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they even came to the bottom of the den. That's a bit of a contrast to when, Jesus, when, when Daniel was put to the bottom of the den. Sit. Lie down. Why? He comes to the very limit of his life. He, he said, Jesus, just save me. God of the Most High, whom I serve continually, save me. God will avenge the accuser let God do your battles.
Stop striving. Give it to God. Whoever digs the pit, as it says in Proverbs 26, verse 24, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. And he who rolls a stone will have it rolled back on him. And don't say too much. That's good advice. Don't bicker about it. Just give it to God. Don't say too much about it. Just get on with it. Proverbs 18, verse 21. I think we should, we should be learning this off by heart. Death and life come from the tongue and we will eat the fruit thereof. I love it. Daniel 25, 28. Then Darius wrote, listen, listen to this. This is Darius. Wrote to all the people, nations and languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. This is going to happen to us, folks. The King of Kings is going to make a decree in heaven that this earth will tremble before him and his people. Point. And his people. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. This is Darius saying this. This isn't Charisma magazine. This is Darius the heathen saying this. I believe, just like Nebuchadnezzar, Darius got saved by the life of Daniel. Because you can't say this without faith in them. His kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Incredible. And his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of lions so that Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Folks, our lives are in his hands. Get your hands off your life and give it to him. So what are these seven things? Very quickly, this will take five, five minutes. There are seven things we can learn from Daniel Chapters 1 to 6. Number 1. Whatever problems we face will not be will not be whatever problems we face will not be a hindrance to our success. See, we can't be held back. We're his kids. We're his kids and no weapon formed against us can prosper. When our problems that we face will not hinder where God wants to get us. That's basically it. Number two, don't compromise with the things of God. Don't compromise. We cannot compromise with the things of God. And don't ever compromise these things to make yourself popular or to bring prosperity onto yourself or promotion. Stay true, like Daniel, to the Most High God. Number three, folks, expect opposition. Expect it when God promotes you. Be ready for warfare and God will bless you. Be ready for it. What does the devil want to do? He wants to kill, destroy and to steal that very promotion that God has given you. But when you hand that over to Jesus when you're going through it and you say, Jesus, you are my vanishing point. You're the God in whom I trust. You're my banner. You're the one that fights over me. That's my estimate. So when the devil comes to you, guess what? 
you'll have to flee because you're giving the glory to Jesus. You're giving it back to Jesus. You're saying, Jesus, only you can do it. But let God have the second blessing when he stops the devil. Bless God for stopping the devil. And he gets a second blessing. And guess what? You'll be given more. You'll be given more. And the best weapon, number four, against these problems of the world is what? Prayer. These, the best weapon is to, is to pray, be steadfast in our prayer, to spend time in the presence of God. That is our best weapon. And when we are praying, when we're spending time with the Lord, when we're resting in his presence, guess what he gives us? Peace. Peace. And that's the one thing the devil can never rob of us when our confidence is in him, Jesus. And we put all of our eyes onto Jesus and not on our problems because we've given them to him. Boom, it vanishes overnight. <clears throat> Trust God and not man. Number five, God will never let us down. I know Billy and Steve, you've gone through a hard time, but God will not let you down in this. God will not let you down. And he will see this restored. In whatever way, he will receive it all. And guess what? You're going to get a double blessing. Absolutely. You, you can't see what that is doing in the spirit realm. But you're going to get a double blessing. So praise God for that. <clears throat> Number six. The safest place is to be inside the perfect will of God. Listen. We cannot any, we're, not, we're not children anymore. We're mature. We're chewing on the mature things of God. We're, I'm not giving you milk, you know, so you can suck it through your toothless mouth, through a straw, because you're, <clears throat> you're a baby. I'm not, thank God, wiping your bottom, <laughs> right? Because you're not a baby anymore. You're grown, you're mature. So these are the mature things of God. And they're not that hard to understand. They're not that hard to get. But the safest place is to be in the perfect will of God. And most Christians will settle for second best to be in the permissive will of God. Don't pray, ever pray your will on God. God's will is always better because he knows better. He's that vanishing point. He knows what's in the future. Just pray his will on your life. God is sovereign and the safest place to be is in his will. Safest place to be is in his will. Number seven, final one. God has a purpose in every crisis. From the age of 15, when Daniel was taken into captivity, in that crisis, God had a purpose that Daniel would reach kings. And through those kings, he would reach an entire nation, the most powerful nations that have ever been on this earth. Just remember the statue. One of gold and one of silver. Daniel saw those two kingdoms on earth and had an, an effect that spread across every nation just by this. And just remember, you know, I don't know why good people die. I really don't. I don't know why, you know, really good Christians, good people who've done nothing wrong are suddenly taken from this world. But I know that everything that God does is redemptive. So I looked up the verb redeem. It comes from redemptive. Listen, this is what it came out with. 
Verb, recover possession. So if everything that God does, he buys back. Back buys, off calls, in cash, cash in, change, cover, defray, discharge, exchange, get back, make good, pay off, purchase, ransom, recapture, reclaim, regroup, regain, reinstate, repay, reprevalent, reprevalent, repossess, repurchase, restore, retrieve, settle, take in, trade in, win back. That's the God that I know. That's the God that I know that everything that he does is redemptive. Everything. Proverbs 8 verse, uh, 11 verse 8. The righteous shall be delivered from trouble and it comes to the wicked instead. When you hand over and you come to the limitations, and I know I'm speaking to people in this room that have come to the, the end of their tether over a lot of things. I can, I can speak prophetically about it to every person in this room. Every one of you. That you think you've come to the end of your tether. You can't do any more. Give it to him. And he will take care of it. Bernadette, give it to him. You've come to the end of your tether. Give it to him. Give it to him. I give it to him. All the problems, all the stuff, all the, the rubbish that this world is throwing at me because God is able to deliver me from this trouble. And he'll turn it around and put it on the wicked. That's what I want. So that God will take me and set me high upon a stone and he will exalt my head from on high with oil in the presence of my enemies. That's what God is about to do to us. He is going to take all the scoffers, all the people that ridicule, all the people that want to destroy us, all the wicked wannabes, all the witches, all the warlocks, and God is going to anoint us in the presence of them. And every person will tremble. Every person will tremble. It's Billy Steve. You're doing the right thing. Give it to him. Give it to him. And then finally, 1 Peter 3, verse 17. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than doing evil. It's an evil word out there. Yeah, when we have a, a man walking to church on, New Year, on, on Christmas Eve in this part of the town that gets his head literally kicked in by two youths, there were four, but only two got prosecuted. And they set upon him like a rabid pack of dogs. That's evil. But guess what? This astounds me, because God loved those, those, young, those young men. Jesus died for those young men. And how will they know it unless we tell them? How will they know it unless we visit them? I used to do prison ministry in my early Christian life, stand up against really hard, hard-nosed criminals. You know, and yet the power and the fire of God used to come through me and soften those hard hearts because I could give them my testimony and say, do you know what? He loves you because he first loved me. And you might be sitting here in prison, but you know what? 
God has probably brought you to this very place, this very crisis in your life, so you can hear these words, so you can change and give your life to him. And I saw some of the hardest criminals come to know the Lord and their hard hearts softened when they experienced the love of God in their lives. But God is about to anoint us in the presence of our enemies. And he's going to, his anointing, as it says, will overflow. His cup will overflow. This anointing will overflow from us and go out. And that anointing is going to spread onto others. That anointing is going to go from one to one to one. And eventually, I'm telling you, the devil is going to reach for Prozac. He's going to reach for Prozac. He's going to be the most thinking, oh my word, who do I give this to? He's defeated. He's toothless. He can literally just take your hand and you, he, ooh, just suck my fingers. Because he can't bite you. He can lick you to death. That's about as much as he can do because of the cross. And if we as Christians get hold of this, of actually what the cross represents, what it's done for us, who we are because of it, by grace we have been saved, not so that we can boast. We've been saved by grace. And this isn't the grace, as Paul says in Romans, to slide down that slippery pole of sin as some parts of the church are teaching. Some parts of the church are teaching that because of this grace, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Andy, it's there. It's there. I can show you where it is. No, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just saying it's there. I can show you where it's happening. Where they're actually saying... This emerging church that's coming out into the UK, it's been around a long time. It's been a sleeping devil that's going to be revived in the end times. But I, I'm not going to compromise with it. I'm not going to allow any of that in this. And I'm not looking for to be popular. I, in fact, by preaching this, I probably make myself and you very unpopular. Very unpopular. Because this isn't a nice sit-down and let me tickle your feet, itch your back, mm, left a bit, right a bit. This is to make you uncomfortable. This is to make you realise of who we are in Christ. So he that's in us is greater than he that's in this world. Full stop. Amen. And when you come to the end of your limit, end of your tether, whatever it is, give it to Jesus. Just give it to him. Say, you know what, God, I can't take another step today. I'm going to give it to you. And he'll carry you through that day. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the very life of Daniel. And, Lord, I thank you that, that, that today, Lord, you're going to have your way. And, Lord, all we want to do is now just hand over to you everything. I'm going to do something. I just felt, I'm going to speak to the witch that's listening. God's on your case. God is on your case. I know there's a witch listening. Whether they're listening on the podcast, but there's a witch listening. God is about to appeal and show himself as the most high God to you. And here's your warning. Either turn around and come back to him, or he is going to... I love the phrase, June's phrase, turn or burn. 
turn or burn. Because God is about to bring his judgment on your life. And you will face your lions. And he will cast you into the pit of the lions and you will be eaten. I'm just saying that prophetically. I see it. I can hear it. I can feel a cold wind come in this room. Just as I, I just know there's a demonic presence, I rebuke it now in the name of Jesus. And do you know what? I am not frightened of you. We are not afraid. We are, there's no weapon formed against us that you can ever, ever prosper in because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood. So, Father, that's our opinion that you will fight this battle over us. There is such a cold presence in this place. Can anyone feel it? There's just like a cold wind that's just send every hair on my arms. Just So I'm just going to say to you now, be gone in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you now in the name of the blessed name of Jesus. And by his blood, he has set us free. And there is nothing again about you that can ever do to me. And Father, we pray now for a protection because you are our Jehovah. You're our banner. You're a Jehovah Nissi. You're our banner. You will fight this fight over us. And Father, you will know. You know all things. You're our vanishing point and you've got it all in control. And that's our opinion of you, Lord. That's our opinion. So therefore, we know, Lord, that we're in perfect hands here. And we hand this over to you now. Lord, do what you've got to do. So Lord, I pray now, will you do the same on every person in bushfire? Every person that's listening to my voice, will you do the same, Lord? Will you be their banner? Will you be their, their God of righteousness? Lord, will you fight the battles for them? And Lord, I pray now for a protection over our children and our families. Father, protect our children and our families. Protect our homes and our loved ones. Even if they don't know you, Lord, they will do. But we give that fight to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ah. I'm so excited. Next week, folks, God, I don't care about what the wicked one of these want. Honestly, don't. It doesn't phase me. Yes, Steve. Wicked, oh, right. Wickers. If, if wicker, wickers is like a, another word for witches. They're wickers. You know, and, and, and the, you get these things that they want to be witches. They want to be, you know, they go up the ladder of, of the demonic realm and, and stuff like that. They're just wicked wannabes. That's what I call them. But, you know, they're nothing. They can't, they can't touch me. They can't touch my family. Can't touch my house. Why? He's my Jehovah Banner. He's my Jehovah Nissi. That's my opinion. And if, if, if these people want to come against us, guess what? They're going to deal with my God. Because that's my opinion of him. We've got to get this into our souls and our spirits and into our bodies. This is what we've got to do. And I'm telling you, God will move. God is, God is, God is moving among us. That's why... You know, listen, we've got to find the demonic spirit. We've got to pray, Lord, what spirit? I'm going to talk about this in Daniel 7. But we've got to find the, the whole demonic spirit that's over this area. Not just over this area, over this city. I ask the Lord, Lord, what is the demonic spirit over this nation? Do you know what he said to me? In a split second, witchcraft through the Masons. That is an absolute stronghold, is witchcraft through a society. The Druids were a secret society that had been going for thousands of years. Do you think they stopped because the Romans tried to kill them off in the Isle of Anglesey? No. 
So this is the battle that we've got to fight. So we've got to start asking the Lord to remove that demonic presence, that prince of Persia, prince of the UK, over the UK, over us. This is what will give us an open heaven. No, he fights it. Absolutely, yeah, I'm just, that's what I said. When we say, Lord, will you remove it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Look, I'm so excited. I'm, I, I, there's nothing, I'm so excited about what's coming. I just can't hide it. But I just love it, you know. Honestly, Buddha, I wasn't picking you out, by the way. I wasn't picking you out, you know, because you've got a huge thing over you. And I was just saying, just hand over whatever it is. Whatever it is, pressures of work, give it to him. Give it to him. Don't, fr- don't fight it, because guess what? I've learned if you fight these things, guess what? You'll just be made weary. You'll just be absolutely, it'll rob you of your peace. It'll rob you. If there's somebody there, Lord, shut them up. Lord, shut them up. But Lord, let me give, give me an opinion, Lord, that I, because that's my opinion of you. Lord, you're going to anoint my head in the presence of my enemies. Anoint me, Lord, and work. Because that's my estimate of you. I love it. Love it. Love it. Do you know, years ago, the Lord gave me a song. It reminded me when you were talking about the, um, the lion having no teeth. Yeah. Uh, and this word, Arise now, Church of Jesus, your Saviour to proclaim, for every knee shall bow and every tongue shall proclaim that Satan's force is ended, God's kingdom has come to reign. So arise now, Church of Jesus, in the power of the latter rain. Amen. I can sing it for you if you want. Did you write it? Yeah. The Lord gave me that and showed me that, you know, we don't have to be that concerned about what the enemy That's is right. doing. We're not here to glorify him because his force is yeah. ending. And we reckon it's yeah. so that he's under our feet. Sing it. Yeah. Arise now, Church of Jesus. Your Saviour to proclaim, for every knee shall bow, every tongue shall acclaim, that Satan's force is ended, God's kingdom has come to reign, arise now, church of Jesus, in the power of the latter reign. Right, we need to get that, we need to start singing it, we need to start putting it on there, we need, need to start declaring this, that's an incredible song. And Nita, that's an incredible song. Do you, do you know where we used to sing the terrible, terrible anointed on every single time? The Spirit of God came every single time. Not a terrible thing. Sure of it. Sure it, it's... A, yeah, not, not terrible. It's great. I mean, you know, things things are going to change. You know, this is not going to be the same in a year's time. Things are going to look a lot different, a lot, lot different to how it is and what it is. But uh, next week, folks, what we're going to do is 
we're going to have an extended time of worship. We're not going to preach. There's going to be no preaching. We're going to come here. Heidi's going to get a whole list of gold moldies, whatever it is, and plus, you know, contemporary. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to give God the praise. We're going to give him the glory next week. We're going to bring everything to him. So I don't care whether there's 20 of us or 200 of us. We're going to praise God next week. So come along with your singing voice. Come along with your praising voice. Come along with your worshipping voice. And if you've got something, bring it to the front. Absolutely, your flag, whatever it is. If you've got something that you want to bring, then bring it. You know, but let it be praise and glory to him. Let it glorify Jesus. But whatever it is, let it glorify him. Whatever it is, let's bring everything the spoils of war and glorify him. I don't know, I keep pointing, it's, it's there. I just, there's something there. It's almost like the cloud of witnesses is there, or Jesus is there. There is something there. I just keep, sorry, anybody, I just keep pointing. Whenever I say the God of the Most High. Yeah, there, there is something continually there. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There is something in the Spirit there. I sit here sometimes on a Wednesday, well, most of the times on a Wednesday, just listening and praying and typing and, you know, listening and researching. And, and I keep looking here and I'm just saying, God, just open my eyes to what's in here. Just open my eyes. I want to see him, the angel there. I had a glimpse of him. I want to see the cloud of witnesses. I want, to, I want to see what you're doing. I want to see the torch of our love for him in this place. I want to see the fire that's burning in this place. I want to see the myriad of angels in this place. I want to see, Lord, the battle that's happening around this place. Because, you know, that's what we're meant to be seeing. That's what we're meant to be seeing. We're meant to be living in that realm, not this. More in that realm, sorry, than we are in this. Because what we see in that realm will affect this realm. <laughs> Let me just say that. Whatever we see in that realm will affect this realm. When we see, I've seen him once, the angel that's standing here, do you know he's, just his head goes another foot beyond the, um, the curtains. He's a, he's a big angel. He's a warrior angel. There's nothing, nothing that's going to take that banner off him, that flame, nothing. And two of his friends are standing at the back there. They stand there every service, every time, every gathering, every prayer. They're standing there. And, and I've seen them, and do you know what they're doing? They're just praying. And they're listening. They're listening to what we're saying. They're listening to what we're... Yeah, they're just listening. And when we worship, they worship. Isn't it great? Isn't it fantastic? We're not in the fight to, you know... We've got the whole backing of heaven. There's nothing that the devil can do. Nothing. Just, just go. Just, just tell the devil that. Yeah, you know, I loved it. You know, I remember that when we listened to that, where that, that guy on God Channel, or you know, one of the, the God channels that we were listening to, and he said, you know, when, when the devil comes to you and accuses you, just accuse him straight back and say, do you know what, devil? You fell in a perfect world. You fell without any temptation, without all this stuff. You fell in the most perfect place. Don't come to me. I'm standing straight. I'm not giving in like you did in a perfect place. You gave in before I did. You know, you did it all in the most perfect environment. 
So don't come knocking on my door because I'm standing for the Lord in this place. This house is a house of God. Yeah, and, and, and just give it back to him. Give some of this dirt that he's hammering, give it back to him. Because why? Because of the cross. If we can just start getting the revelation of what the cross has done, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. This, yeah, does anybody else want to say anything? It's now 25 to 12. To <laughs> That's gone quick. About five o'clock in the morning, it's getting light. Look at that, it's just getting light now. We owe a lot to the uh, babysitter, if it was five o'clock. But God bless you. God keep you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to say something, Michelle? What? No. Right then, let's get home. Let's get home. See you on Sunday. If you can't be here Sunday, be blessed wherever you are.